0: Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Tres. And let's talk sports. Amateur Hour! Welcome 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 to episode 14 of Amateur Hour. Wow. 14. We're getting yeah, up there. I'm getting up there. That's uh how old I was uh a couple when of years you, ago. When you were
1: 14, <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, when I was 14, I was actually 14. 14. Most people thought I was 13, but uh, no. Yeah,
1: I was a, I was they were 14. like, you look like you look like a year older than you actually are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we had our first special guest last week. This week, it's back to the good old tried and true Max and Stray method. We have some interesting topics we were just discussing just before we started recording. We just added a new topic, and I'm actually really excited to talk about it. Now, before mm-hmm. we get into that, We're going to go through our weekly highs, our weekly lows, and we'll kick it off with the highs. The weekly highs. So the weekly highs this week, I want to talk about, it was a career night for four players in the NBA, and I want to talk about all four of them really quick. The first is Gary Trent Jr., who is a newly acquired asset, brought fresh into Toronto from Portland, had a career high, 44 points impressive I knew I liked him as a guard 44 points right off the jump in his third year in the league impressive I really really like him he's he got cooked. he cooked
1: he I clocked. think he went 17 for 19
0: unbelievable
1: yeah that's that's he was unconscious that, shooting
0: unconscious shooting he would just catch it and and pull it I mean yeah just impressive great pickup by the Raptors and again as we talked about last week or two weeks before that with the trade deadline talk I don't think that Portland is worse off having Norman Powell. Right. You know, they, they needed that for this year's push. So the second person that I want to talk about is Zach Levine, who had a career high of 50 points,
1: mm. which, again, mm-hmm.
0: super impressive, although it resulted in a loss. they still The Bulls still lost to the Atlanta Hawks. Ice Trey Young literally oh. had, like, seven floaters in that game. It was ridiculous.
1: He had 42 in that game too, so that's a duel right there. That's 15 versus 42. That was pretty
0: good. That 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 was intense. So, Zach, again, I don't sleep on the Bulls. I think they are looking very good right now, mm-hmm. but uh, tough, tough look if you are Zach Levine right now because that that yeah. that that sucks. You dropped you dropped 40 points and then you still uh, can't get it done. I
1: yeah, he's coming good. off the ankle injury too, so that's even tougher because he was his efficiency since the ankle injury was like going down a little bit. So it was nice to see him kind of bounce back. And he had 39 in the first half. And I was like, oh man, this is like 60 or 70 material. But then when I saw he only had 11 in the second half, I was like, "Oh, well, this team could could kind of, you know, is moving towards a loss right here. And then uh, Atlanta took advantage. that uh, He didn't score enough in the second half.
0: And they indeed did lose. Which yeah. is, like I said, tough. Now, the third player is Ennis Cantor, who mm. had... 24 points. That wasn't his best stat, though. 30. 3-0. <laughs> rebounds. 30 rebounds. Yeah, in that's crazy. Game. This man was off the boards like crazy on offense and defense. What a stud.
1: Whenever someone breaks the 30 rebound mark, it it has to become like a news story. Like, like I would say 25. If you can get 25 rebounds, you're... In a zone, you're you're eyeing the ball really well, and you're you're forcing yourself like to make sure that you secure the ball. So, twenty five rebounds is unbelievable to hit the thirty mark in this day and age when it's all about you know shoot and then get back there. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just get back on D. You know, no one cares about the offensive rebound. This guy, he cares about his offensive rebounds, and it's Mm -hmm. it's a refreshing, refreshing thing to see.
0: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean. He, I, I, it still bugs me when people say that we didn't need him on the Celtics. We traded him for two two picks, which that Man. just like we really gave him away for a bag of chips. Danny Ainge hoarding picks. I, <laughs> yeah, maybe I, I don't know. Every year his defense is going to improve, and it has. And then you're gonna tell me that yeah, you don't want somebody who averages 12 boards a game. He's Hello? fourth
1: in rebound average this year. I just checked.
0: In the whole league. In the whole league. That's crazy. And we give him off our bag of chips. That's yeah. ridiculous. All right. Good for Ennis. Really impressive. Good for Portland. Now, the last person that I want to talk about is Jason Tatum, who the struggling Celtics played the struggling Timberwolves. And with a sloppy, sloppy, sloppy first half, Jason Tatum went deep into his bag and pulled out 53 points insane. I want to credit his ability or his willingness rather to drive to the basket. That was, I think, what opened up in addition to him hitting all of his shots, him driving to the basket and getting their de- the defense on their feet instead of anticipating his step back or sidestep threes. I think that is what helped him have such a phenomenal game.
1: I agree. I think yeah, just getting to the line was huge. He went 16 times. Uh, he had 16 shots from light, and I think he made a comment after the game too, which I hadn't really heard him say. And he, it <laughs> and it was kind of shocking that like I I wanted I want more analysis coming from the players sometimes about you know what the situation is, why they were so aggressive, and usually Tatum and Brown they're more. They just talk about, it like, oh, we got to get better as a team. and
0: the, the talk. They talk the talk. They talk yeah. the
1: talk, right? And he made a comment that, like, he understood the situation. He understood they were in uh, foul trouble and that they were in the bonus, right? So I believe that when the player comes out and says something like that, that it only shows they know what to do in those situations. And sometimes when they're not playing well, they don't have the confidence to say stuff like that so we hope that tatum can continue because he knows that hey if i can get these guys in foul trouble and get them into the bonus i can i can be a part of that like i can be the guy that you know goes to the line 15 16 times and gets my Mm -hmm. points at the line which is much easier than shooting a step step back three or side step three every 10 possessions
0: oh every possession yeah you like he he just the biggest momentum killer where he just, you pass the ball to Tatum from Kemba Pritchard or smart. Like the point guard gives up the ball to give it to Tatum. Mm -hmm. to take it to the wing to over dribble, not make plays half the time. And then just try to like jack up a shot. And I get it. Sometimes he is hot and sometimes he is on fire, but when you also like dribble yourself to the corner of the baseline and get trapped and then try to do a turnaround, like long two, terrible.
1: Don't ever do that. Well, you know what it is? It's, when he can't find a lane, and this happens with Brown too, is when they can't find a lane, and they start dri- they start driving and they get stopped. They step back out. They come back to the top of the key, and then they dribble for a little bit, and then they try again. And if it doesn't work, oh, they're coming back out. And then, and and then there's no like, the shot. Yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no, there's no. Oh, I couldn't get in. Let me try to, you know, kick it out. Let let me do some movement without the ball and come back to it and see if I can get a better better look that way. And I know Tatum knows what he can do. I know yeah. Tatum knows that what the right thing to do is in every possession because he said it, he knows if he gets to the line, he can get someone in foul trouble. And like, it just helps the team out because people are playing like more timidly when they're in foul trouble, but he just has to do it on a more consistent basis. And it was, it was nice to see that he could score um, and in a Celtics win as well. So.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. I know. I, I agree with that. Well, if you look Shrey at one of the, one of the, premier shooters of our time and of all time, Steph Curry. Right. One of the things that I admire the most about his game is his ability and his skill to move without the ball. Absolutely. And to run into, I mean, he is such a Clay talented Thompson too. Clay Thompson too. Right. These guys are running literal routes. They, 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 they yeah. duck behind one, two, sometimes three different screens to, to to curl out, to go to the corner, to come to the top, to do handoffs, to do, you know, passes, to do fake, like they they do so much. They are playing chess just to get that open three, but it 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 works. And that's why they are the splash process.
1: Look, Klay Thompson famously had 60 points on 11 dribbles, right? So it's like, you yeah. can score without yep. having the ball. You just have to look for it. You know what I mean? You have to get to the right spot and someone, if you have a good team camaraderie and chemistry and you know where people are gonna be, they'll find you the ball. And you yeah. can still score. It's not like, oh, I got to dribble all this time to get mm-hmm. two points. Like, it doesn't have to work that way. So,
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Personal high? What's, what's going on? What's going on in my life? Uh, yeah, what's going on, Max? Talk about it. I'm going to give a shout-out to my dog, Moby, today. Because we've been training him, and he's doing really well now. And he comes when you call him. Not just inside, but also outside. Oh. And it's y- today. Today I was outside. And I said, Moby, come. And he, oh, dude, he walked right up to me. And I didn't have a treat and I didn't have, no, I didn't have anything in my hand. And he just came really? right up to me. That, that, that was huge. And he, he's getting really good at sit. Mm. He's, he's, he's learning down. He's learning, you know, four on the floor so he doesn't like jump on people. Because, you know, people, people, mm-hmm. like when they see a dog, like you, you don't want your dog to be jumpy. And if they say the it's light, okay, yeah. that's a different thing. But automatically off the bat with new people, you don't, you don't want that. So what we're trying of, to work on that with him.
1: What kind of dog is Moby? Uh,
0: Moby is a half sheepdog, half poodle. So he's a sheepadoodle. doodle. He is a shaggy boy, Moby. much like me before I shaved my hair. He is a shaggy boy.
1: <laughs> so is it the poodle? So the poodle in size, like, or the sheepdog in size?
0: He's probably about the size of like a standard lab. I would say he's like a medium, oh, okay. slightly large. He's not that big. Oh, okay. okay. He's not that big. His parents, his parents didn't weigh a lot, so mm-hmm. he's not. He's not a huge dog.
1: That's pretty good. You got how how old is Moby? A couple of years or Moby
0: year? is no, he's only, he's only seven months.
1: Seven months, not even a year yet. Oh, he's okay. so young you're getting, boy. Getting getting all the training done early. I like it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Enough about me. Shreya's. Let's talk about lows.
1: <laughs> the lows. Oh, Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so for my for my sports low, uh, I want to I want to bring you to a sport we haven't really talked about. In a bit. And we're going to... Or we haven't talked about it at all, I think, on this podcast.
0: No, not... Yeah,
1: yep. Yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the sport in general. But I want to specifically talk about one person. And we know we love our Massachusetts teams here. So the Boston Red Sox have... Red Sox! (laughs) Yep. Their biggest acquisition this year was a pitcher by the name of Garrett Richards. He was formerly of the Los Angeles Angels. Mm -hmm. And... We didn't really, you know, do too much on the on the market, and we had to pay for a starting caliber pitcher because we don't have any (laughs) really other than Eduardo Rodriguez and um, what's his face? Why did I forget his name? One sec. And uh, we didn't have any other than Eduardo Rodriguez and Nate Iovaldi, and so we had to get someone. So we paid him ten million dollars, which is uh. Pretty big price for a one-year contract, and Dude, uh, especially in this. Making,
0: uh, sorry, I just imagine making yeah. ten million dollars for a single year.
1: Single year, yeah. Oh my god.
0: Okay, continue. So it was
1: like a, it was like a kind of like you you make it you you might get a bigger contract in the future type of type of deal, and we paid him ten mil for it. So you know you expect a lot of things from you know the big the big honcho coming in,
0: I mean. and
1: <laughs> and so far he is. Uh, has one loss the first loss uh, the the one loss that he had he had an era i think of over 20 it was not good and he made these comments after the game and it was it was just a horrible performance he was he was throwing up in the zone and it was the, the ball didn't had, have any movement to it it was just, right it was just sitting the up there it's sitting up there like a like a big fat juicy donut like just <laughs> ready to be splattered like a like a like a jelly donut ready to be just splattered everywhere and <laughs> and you would think like someone would have a little more or... like someone that just went out there like hadn't didn't have a good spring training didn't have a for good first game would come out and be like you know i gotta get my 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 ish together and I just, I don't know what happened. I have to, you know, I have to get better at my movement, you know, just kind of talk a little more nuanced about why it didn't work today. And he was talking about, oh, you know, all my, all my balls were strikes. Like if you look at the number of pitches, the strike rate, it was, it was high. Like, and technically that's correct. Like a lot of his pitches were in the strike zone, but like, there's a difference between a good and a bad pitch. And he threw bad strike zone pitches because they were hittable. And he was coming out and saying, oh, there's 32, you know, I still have 32 starts left. And I, every time I threw a strike, you know, it just so happened that it hit the barrel of the the bat and it just so happened that the ball wasn't in one of our gloves at the end of the, at the end of the play. And it was like one of these things where it's like, no, it's not a coincidence, dude. You sucked. <laughs> you are you were bad. not good. <laughs> you were not good, dude. Stop yeah, talking this, about uh... it was voodoo.
0: I, uh, you know, I, I may have thrown, uh, well, uh, really slow balls right over the middle of the plate, but you know, that, that's not on me. That's, that's because, uh, you know, somebody in Philadelphia was eating a cheesesteak sandwich and they, they said that I, I wished for rain on Tuesday. And and well, when the rain came, the the cat was, uh, in, in the right area to knock over the milk tray. And and because of that, you know, that, that's not on me.
1: And I, 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 I totally agree. I was I listened to the press conference, and I was like, <laughs> "What? This guy is delusional. He thinks that everything is this. It, like, it, it just felt like, oh my gosh, we're gonna have 162 games of this guy speaking, speaking into the mic, just speaking farcies. <laughs> yeah, just like, just like, well, what, what are you gonna do? Like, I still have 20 starts left. You know, I may be owing, I may be owing 10, but hey, like, it is what it is. I just gotta get better. Like, I, I've, I hear." That so much in this town, from just other sports players, like you know the stars and stuff. Like, hey, we just got to get better. And I don't need another person like
0: that. It's it's like, someone It that, is the top. Yes, you. obviously you need to get better. Obviously, yes, yes. yes. We need congratulations for letting us know.
1: You, you, you need accountability. A, you yeah. have a 10 ERA, dude. No, and like that's not good. You're a starting pitcher. You got paid 10 million dollars. <laughs> you you have a million dollars for every earned <laughs> earned run in your average. Like like it's not it's no bueno dude you gotta get better and so i got pissed off at that and i think that was a a massive negative um and i hope he you know gets some sense knocked into him and plays better as well like i want both of those things to happen i don't want to be listening to this 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 junk all all season so
0: yeah yeah Well, like you said, it's the same thing with the Celtics. And they talk, they're like, well, we just got to get better as a team. And we got to get our stuff together. And it's uh, yeah, well, about it. You're like, yes, yeah, I, I know. Okay. What, what are you going to actually do about it? And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and where are you going to start blaming? Like, you. it is okay sometimes. I understand you got to have your teammates back. You got to have the coach back, whatever. Mm-hmm. It is okay sometimes to point the finger. And the best possible thing is to say, you know, point the finger at yourself, mm-hmm. but then actually make the changes. Mm-hmm. This guy, though, this guy's, this guy's, on something, if he's like, "Oh well, it's just uh, I'm just throwing ass over the plate, and they're just hitting home runs." I don't know what to tell you.
1: Like, like, like every ball is a good ball except for the result. Like, no, 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 no. The ball is not a good ball if the result is bad. That means it was a bad ball. Like, yeah. it, it can't be a good pitch but a a bad result. Like, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. So. <laughs> Yeah, pissed me off. Uh, he needs to get his act together because he had another bad start yesterday. And I'm getting worried because if this is the kind of guy that we're depending on, and we gotta be competitive this year. I'm I'm not looking at a championship season, but if we're not at least five hundred, if not a little bit more than five hundred, by the end of the hundred and sixty-two games, I'm gonna be pointing fingers at the upper management like Heim Bloom forgetting guys like Garrett Richards, because they did not add anything. If not, they deterred the performance of this team. So this is not a good start, but, you know, I'm hoping for the best because the rest of the team has been playing really well uh, for the most part. So
0: Yeah. It's just wicking you. Well, so, okay. Wait, straight. So, so let's, so this sort of brings us to our next topic. And that is just the MLB and baseball in general. Before we do that, let's talk about your personal low.
1: Yep. So let's talk about that personal low, and uh, this one hit home to me, and it was the, the recent passing of DMX, and rest I just kind peace. of wanted to, uh, yeah, rest in peace, I kind of want to talk about it because uh, DMX I've been listening to for more than a decade, and I'm a, I'm a considerably young man, so obviously I wasn't alive, or <laughs> I was alive, but I was, I'm not listening to it when I'm two
0: or three like i don't know <laughs> oh, right. yo, no no stop right here you're a fake fan dude
1: <laughs> yeah dude i'm, I'm sorry not I was at a
0: toddler dude. school bumping dmx what yeah
1: what? yeah x gonna give it to you in my in my uh nursery when <laughs> when i'm you up to
0: preschool with a pacifier in oh <laughs> uh,
1: yeah when i first uh when i first got into music and i, I say western music because you know I'm Indian, so a lot of the indie music was played earlier to me in my life, and so when I first got into the gen on my generation of like pop and and hip hop, and and then I started to do research about you know what came before, as you know a preteen, eleven, twelve, thirteen years old. Dmx was one of the first artists that I came upon. Dmx and Dragon and all these guys and female rappers like Eve, like that that just spoke was like gave you like this like visceral reaction every time you heard them. And that was one of the 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 huge things about DMX for me is that he had such an aggressive tone and he was able to enunciate words in a certain way that almost like made you angry. But the things that he were talking about in some of his songs too, like showed you how vulnerable he was. And it was Mm. I never heard someone talk so angry, but also open up to people as much as he did so it's one of the things where he never changed up regardless of what type of music he was making he kept the same energy and i really respect dmx for it and rest in peace dark man he was one of the greatest and i still continue to listen to him and i was bumping him all day yesterday and i'll bump him you know till i die because he's he's amazing
0: Mm. yeah rest in peace dmx i mean that was yeah i mean i you know battle with battle with addiction and that's that's hard for a lot of people so, tough, yeah. I, I just shout out if anybody if anybody feels like they need help in any way Absolutely. reach out and get it because it's no joke mental health Absolutely. is not a joke uh, and there's a lot of resources now and and i'm glad that society is as a whole is starting starting not there yet but is starting to come around and realize that it's an issue so if you or anybody that you know is struggling in any way big or small just make sure that you know that there are resources and Take it seriously, you know, because there are people and and resources that are there for you. So just take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Now, I want to switch it up, and I want to talk about something that we have not talked about on the podcast before, and that is baseball. Now, baseball is not a sport that I am very familiar with. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch a lot of it growing up. I went to a handful, probably two or three Red Sox games when I was a kid. Super Mm -hmm. fun. But to watch baseball on TV is different. In my mm-hmm. opinion, it takes a lot of time. I have to sit through a lot of commercials. I have to sit through a lot of downtime. And and baseball as a sport has been sort of struggling to get casual fans to come in and to stay with them, not only at their games, but mostly on TV. Right. So we're going to talk about, and, and, and Shreyas has a perspective where you are you are a baseball fan. You know a lot. Of, you know the top players. You know about the contracts. You know about the trades. You know about mm-hmm. the moves. You know about the history. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't. So let's talk about baseball. Let's talk about what the MLB can do to get casual fans in. What the problems might be, and where they can go. So t- take it away, and we'll go. We'll go from here.
1: I think yeah. So I think one of the biggest problems with the sport and how it's managed today is that it's so dependent about its history and what i mean is not that not that you shouldn't remember the history right whether it's the players how the game was played before you know it's baseball's gone through many eras so famously the dead ball era where there was not a lot of offense going on uh, in the early 1900s. And then the post the post the dead ball era is when, you know, you started getting the Babe Brutes and the, the Lou Gehrigs and the Roger Marises that are hitting 50, 60 home runs and batting Slugger. 390 and 400 like every year. Right. So it's like, it's getting, it's getting more, you know, exciting at that time. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you're the MLB's entered, I feel, a little bit of a slump, where in the in the late nineteen nineties, uh, in the early two thousands, you were mid, yeah. So the full decade of the nineteen nineties and the early two thousands, you're getting a lot of these guys that didn't play the the sport in the right way, in a sense, where they're they were you know steroid guys, and you didn't know who you, there was not a real discernible line as we only knew in the early 2000s after uh, the reports came out about, you know, Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa and uh, Jose Canseco and all these players that, you know, hit a lot of home runs, but it was exciting, right? So you want that reaction where the sport is exciting to you and it doesn't get old, but it's having a lot of trouble, right? now Getting that same excitement, but for the newer generation, and mm-hmm. I don't think, and I think for a while they were trying to not pinpoint the actual problems that the younger viewers or view casual viewers were having with trying to watch the sport, but that they thought that they could continue kind of the same method that got them popular again in the, the late 80s, early, the 90s. Back in and, the day, yeah. Right? So, and that was the home run races, right? So one of the big things was in 1998. um, Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa had a huge home run race. And they were, you know, battling. Sosa would hit one, that he would get to 60. McGuire would be at 63. Sosa would hit two. Now they're down one. And it's one of these things that people tracked, and it was, like, fun to see. And there's, like, a huge documentary about it on ESPN that uh, usually plays. And I think it's called, Summer yeah i think it's a 30 for 30 i think it's called like summer of 98 or something like that and it was just like it was like a it was like a great thing for people at the time fans of the time to watch where it's like who's gonna you know is someone gonna uptake the other and then maguire ended up winning and he hits close to 70 home runs Mm -hmm. uh so it was like dad was like whoa like that was a great season people loved it and that was fairly recent that's like 20 years ago and now 20 years later it's not it doesn't have the same effect because it's kind of already been done before if someone hits 50 you're like oh okay someone hits 50 but who is this guy you know what i mean like how did this guy hit 40 how did this guy hit 45 right so the home runs they they just don't have the value that they had in past years when they were trying to you know garner a bigger fan base right baseball's been in a bunch of lulls too like there was a strike in 94 i think And that lost a lot of viewers because the the season wasn't played. And then to garner more viewers, you had the home runs. But then now it just doesn't work the same. So now it's kind of like, do we look at the actual problems that the sport has? Or do we kind of, you know, put this blanket over it of, wow, let's keep doing this and flashing lights. And, oh, but also, really, you shouldn't look at kind of here. But, oh, but look at this over here. There's a lot of flashing lights. Right. Well, so that's one of the I think that's like kind of like a general sense of what I'm getting from the sport is that they're not in tune with what the market is looking for right now. and i I think they're starting to get a sense of, okay, yeah, we we better work quick because people are losing interest in our sport, real fast I lose faith
0: and, yes, yeah. well, i want i want to I want to just pop in and I just want to say that as a casual fan, I think the biggest thing, so i I like the home runs, and I like the excitement of watching some dude freaking slug the ball, slug the bat, and just send that thing over the top.
1: It's still great, yeah.
0: It's still great. The other thing that I like is, I I don't know if you call it offense or defense, but I like really, really good pitching. And I like the really, you know, I I like when somebody throws a crazy ball and they get a, you know, they get a defender, Mm. they get a batter to bite on it. You know, really, really good pitching is exciting as well. Watching, you know, a fly ball get caught out there and watching them change innings and all that stuff. That's not exciting to me. And the the thing I think that drives a lot of casual people away Mm -hmm. is the time that it takes for the games to be played. 100%. Nine innings, so much downtime, a lot of changes, a lot of, you know, just waiting for stuff to happen. Like if there was a way to watch it where it was just the action. If you could like watch somebody just like pitch it over and over again, see what happens. Boom, go to the next pitch. Boom. Let's see what happens. That would be in my opinion, a lot more entertaining than watching a full four hour game. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they could do something like, like what, what could the sport even do to pick it up? Because I think that time that time commitment, even with football too, I think a lot of people who are our generation and even younger, As we see attention spans getting shorter and shorter, it's hard for people to sit down and watch a full game when they can just watch highlights after the fact. Like, do you think baseball could go to softball and only have seven seven innings, something like
1: that? Yes. They've been kind of testing this. What happens in baseball is that they know the issue. And it's but one of these. We're not gonna they, fix it. <laughs> yes, it's honestly, it's kind of like that. Is they know the issue. So what they do to appease a lot of the the fans that you know, even not even just casual fans are getting kind of frustrated with it. the the hard the the hardcore fans they're also frustrated with it because they know that the game has got to evolve and change for the brand to grow. It's almost like You see someone that knows, that does good work, but they always get in their own way and you know, they can keep do. you know, they can do good work, but like, you're almost like passively, like, you got to change this and this about yourself because we want you to be Mm. put on a pedestal that everyone can see how good you are, not just us kind of thing. And, and that's how it used to be. Right. So like everyone used to love baseball, quote unquote, America's pastime so there's no crying in baseball when you get tom hanks
0: in a movie about it yeah it's (laughs) it's probably pretty popular
1: yeah so one of the so they know the problem and a lot of the rules that they change they change at the minor league level so they they they, that's where they do their experiments and stuff they'll do like um they'll do a pitch clock and that's a big that's a big thing that people really want is a pitch clock and I'll I'll get into that. But they'll do, you know, these more experimentations at the double A, AA, the triple A levels, and they'll just never surface to the MLB level because you have a lot of these baseball purists that love that love the game for what it was and it should never be tampered with. And uh. like, you know what I mean? That's a lot of these owners and are like kind of these older baseball fans that, you know, the game was pure in that day and we yeah, the the Aussie Smiths and the the, the Mike Schmitz. So like all these you had, and they never had to go through all this, so why should the, like, why, when we own the teams, why should we have to go through it? Like, we love right. the game for whatever, and it's like, kind of like, it gets frustrating, right? Because you have all the older people making all the decisions, and that's just like a general world view.
0: <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh-oh, the boomers are in charge again. <laughs> oh, crap.
1: No, oh, that's, that's, actually, that's actually a good yeah.
0: point. I mean, yeah, you don't want to change your ways because, uh, well, this is just how it's been, and I think that's personally an outdated approach and if you see that that's really interesting that you bring that up because if you see that your industry or your sport is declining and dying in some ways to the new generation why Hmm. wouldn't you make changes to keep keep it fresh keep it relevant like i would love to see a, a pitch
1: clock let me explain the pitch clock is it's the amount of time that a pitcher has once they step on the rubber of the mound Oh, so it's literally
0: like a shot clock. It's like, you step on the mound, yes. you got this many seconds to throw. Oh yes. my God, why don't you do that? That's yes. what I'm saying. When I watch a guy spit in his hand and his glove and walk back and yes, forth, yes, and then yes. like make 12 hand signals and then like shake his nose and and then like, you know, brush <laughs> his hair and then finally step up and throw a freaking whammy. Like the whammy is what I want to see. I want to see your free, you know, your pre throw routine. Mm-hmm. I'm not
1: gonna lie. And then same goes for the batters, right? The batter, so the pitchers get angry because, oh, we have this routine and we don't like. What if we, you know, see a change? We want to be able to set up, but then you know, step off. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh, so bro. now it's just like now it's just kind of this like, like piss measuring contest where you're like, oh, well, I like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I now, now I gotta step off. So the batter's like, oh, well, if you get to step off, I get to step out of the box. Like, and it's just like, what like, I'm saying. And, he take, he and, take then, and you take you take two minutes have, like, to like yes. set up for the next pitch. Yes. Now you have. Yeah. Now that's you have, like a two-minute pit. Like, a, like to take one pitch, you have like two minutes. You might have yeah. a seven minute at bat of, yeah. just balls, of just balls and you're like, oh my God, this could be, this is aggravating. If you're watching it, right? Like for the guys that are playing, they're like, no, we got to get it right. And we can't. Totally fine. Totally right. fair. Totally right. fine. But for, the, for me, I'm staring at my screen. I'm like, oh my God, this game is not moving.
0: I could be doing something else right now. <laughs> right. And so people who even, I feel like some people who have it on, just leave it in the background and do something else.
1: I, yes, yes, I think that's what's happening too.
0: Because to sit and actively participate in that, I mean, that's that's one of the reasons why I enjoy watching basketball, and that's why I can watch so much basketball, is because mm-hmm. the games, I know I can set aside two hours to watch basketball. Mm-hmm. It's relatively fast-paced, you know, yes, they do commercials, but the commercials are only really at the timeouts and in between the quarters, so mm-hmm. you can anticipate those. And then the action too, a soccer too, even, is is there yes. there's constant movement within it, and, yes. and and that again, I just go back to it. Is that that's a lot of people's complaint? Is the time is the downtime in between? Because people even with the NBA, people get frustrated when they have a coach's challenge or they have to review a call and they review it for like five minutes, even though you have yeah. twelve analysts upstairs in the video room looking over this call. Like it takes you forever to make a decision.
1: Playoffs, yeah. that's
0: different, but for regular season, like come on.
1: We got to look at each sport and say when the product is being played, is there an issue with the amount of time is being played, the amount of action per you know minute of or second really, like how much are you really enjoying every minute or every second you're watching that? And <laughs> the pace the, and with baseball for the ca, like for the casual fan, right, is you're not really enjoying a lot of the time you're watching. Most of the time, and this happens to me too and I, I love baseball, is that say it's like a you know game 100. The game is like, you know, the season is so long. It's 162 too. games for every that team.
0: Yeah.
1: The season is so long, right? So if you're going to keep a long season, but you want someone to not be fatigued by game 50 or 100, then you got to make the individual games more exciting in some way so that someone, you know, it takes longer for someone to get fatigued. If you're going to keep it long, if you're going to give it 162 games, if you're keeping a four hour game, in game 102 the game is like four and a half hours i'm going to not watch until the 7 inning and then be that's, like oh yeah, okay
0: exactly like
1: yep. w- what's the point like i have already watched the story before i've already watched a four and a half game four and a half hour game in game 20 like if i'm just gonna watch it and or 102 like it's gonna be the same spiel like i'm like that's how i feel if i and that's me that's me speaking that's not like like as a casual fan, like you probably are like by game one or two, you're like, let me just watch the playoffs. You know what I mean? Like uh, I, yeah, I will play, catch you know I mean?
0: exactly. I will catch an update on Sports center. I will I will look at their i look at their like their final score for the night and then that yeah. It. I'm like okay. And I
1: I totally understand that mindset because it's like why would why would you spend it It doesn't mean that yeah right. It, I'm not you're right. I'm yeah. not gonna
0: I there's a million other things that I can be doing instead of sitting down for four hours
1: Exactly, exactly. And when you have to start games at like two, three p.m.
0: on a yeah. weekday, no, you know Who's I, mean? watching that?
1: First, yes, who's watching it? Second, if you have to start because you know the game is gonna take three hours at least, right? So it's gonna you're you're basically gonna end before most people's dinner time. Then you're <laughs> like, then you're like, there's, there's a problem. Like you shouldn't have to start a game that late. They started to do a couple things. Uh, and they experimented over this shortened season last year. So they, they played, they played a very shortened season and they were like, okay, this is an opportunity. If we're going to experiment with a a very small sample size of games for one season, let's do a little more experimentation with the rules. And a couple of rules I want to talk about with you, Max, and see if this kind of gains interest for you is the first is that if the game is, if your team is playing a doubleheader, each game, Would it would only be seven innings? So this happened last season, and they've brought it over to this season. So, say your your team plays at one o'clock on a day, that and then the doubleheader is also scheduled for seven fifteen. So that game, that first game is going to be seven innings. That second game is going to be seven innings. Does that you know, kind of, create a little bit of buzz in that? Oh, I can watch one or both games, or does that you know do anything to you?
0: To be, to, I mean, it. it it's not, it's nice. I would rather mm. watch a seven inning game because, really, I mean, uh, I don't know. I feel like if you make the game shorter, and I've never played baseball, so I mm-hmm. don't know. I don't know the experience of a player. I don't know what the player perspective is. But if you have a shorter game, doesn't that force people to make plays and make decisions, right, within a shorter amount of time? So that does just speed up the action, like like Absolutely. the pitch clock too. That's like you have. If I have fifteen seconds to throw a pitch, i got to get my stuff together and I'm going to throw the best pitch that I can. And Correct. that will allow more mistakes and more stuff to happen on both sides, but those are going to happen anyway. And mm. they're just happening within a shorter amount of time. And then more crazy stuff can happen, I feel like. I Absolutely. would Absolutely. – if it was a doubleheader, I'd probably even like it to go down to like six innings. If you're playing two games mm. on the same day against the same team, come on.
1: Yeah, that's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of baseball. So I agree that – I totally agree with you with the fact that the shorter the game is the more the manager and the players have to be like the manager has to make more, be more decisive. They, they don't have an inning. They don't have an inning buffer to be like, Oh, you know, we'll put this guy out for four innings. Like, I know he, he's given up two runs, but he can last another inning because we, we don't want our setup guy to go too early type of thing. Like, it's like, no, like,
0: yeah. Yeah. like
1: the like this game's almost over dude like you gotta you gotta think am i gonna pull this pitcher right now or am i gonna you know have him gut it out and see if he can get this last out kind of thing is, is it, where it's like oh like that's a that's a big decision if you're a What's fan done? you're like
0: What's yeah if
1: you're a fan you're like oh man did, is that the right decision like are you sure you should be doing that like that those types of questions are things that i'd be like excited about because right it's just more chatter some more more sports fodder for us so it's like
0: well, exactly right. And then you could say, "Oh, this coach made a great decision—last second play, or last second, mm-hmm. you know, call, or last second swap." Mm-hmm. And and just like Joe Joe said last week when he came on the show, you know, he said it creates it creates buzz and it creates media and it creates drama, mm-hmm. and that's the stuff that we like to talk about. Yes, yeah, we love that.
1: We love that. The second rule, Max, that I wanted to go over with you, and I think this is going to be a little bit more up your alley. Is okay is this new, this happened last year, they brought it over this year, it's a new runner on second base rule for extra innings. So what they do is to shorten these games that obviously you know that you never know how long a, a baseball game will run. You know roughly it's going to take at least two two hours, 45 minutes, to three hours to, pit, to, to play the nine innings. But then what if the game is tied? Now you don't know, you know, it could be a back and forth, you could have... 14, 15, 16, there's been 18, 20 inning games like that have been played and they're they may be few and far between but they happen. Extra innings happens all the time. 10-11 innings happens all the time. So what they did was to shorten the games and to 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 have I guess less physical stress on the players being having no no one on base or you know having to start almost from scratch all over again, right? Mm-hmm. They put us they put a runner on second base already. So the runner is already on scoring position before the first batter comes up to bat. So you pick the runner that comes. This this whole thing of having the runner on second base, I guess it's to it's to stir more offensive, you know, offensive ability, like in a sense that like when when the field is empty, when the bases are empty, you have the batters have a certain approach. But now there's more of a sense of urgency because you have a guy that can score if you can get a a single to to left field or you know what I mean? like you can get a double. this guy can score. So now you're adding a little bit of, hey, like you're all the hits matter because this guy's already on second. more scoring because you have this ability of if you can get the guy from second off base, you will be on base most most probably. and now you're you're, you're getting chugging along you don't get these 14 inning games that the guy the the team your team wins by one run or loses by one run you're like so i just waited 14 innings for us to lose so it's like you know what i mean so does that mm-hmm. kind of spur more interest that now there's more offense for more of the the extra baseball being played and uh, it it kind of speeds it up a little bit you probably might have less 15 inning games and more 10 to 12 inning games does that kind of help you that's
0: that's what i that's yes my god imagine sitting through 15 innings of the speed of baseball that is taking place right now no absolutely Mm -hmm. not yes i i really like that idea like you said exactly like you said it forces decisions Mm -hmm. period Mm -hmm. it forces the pitcher it forces the batter like like you gotta if you're the batter you gotta get your guy to score like you have a chance right here you got a chance you got mm-hmm. there's no excuse like you gotta you gotta you know, hit your balls make your shots <laughs> yeah basically. and as a pitcher you got to make sure that you are pitching the right pitch in the right spot with the right speed with the right curve the right motion yeah if you're gonna go to nine innings i don't know maybe even mix it up do like a sudden death in the ninth do this you know i mm. probably not for for again for the baseball purist's sake but yeah. having somebody on a base to start is and and you said they're on second base?
1: Yeah, so they start on second.
0: Yeah, I i yeah they, they need to they literally need to get two bases to score. So yeah, I, I like that. I do like that.
1: It 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 require it makes you more urgent, right? So when you start normal extra innings, right from past seasons, no one's on base. It's almost like you're playing a new game all over again, uh-huh. and it's just like and with a game that doesn't have as much action from like as if it was a a basketball or football game right it doesn't have it doesn't have the same action per minute type of type of deal it's almost like you're starting a new baseball game all over again and now you're like oh man i could be watching a game within a game from a game that's already three hours i i i like it for this year
0: um, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, you're talking about that rule. So I thought you meant talking about it. I was making the snoring sounds for the like playing oh, extra innings just straight up. No, no, no. Yes, That's,
1: yes, yes. No, I like I like the rule for this year because of yes. that. Your 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 snoring noise shows basically how people feel about say you were say you were like a losing team. Right. And your game went to 15, in, 15. Yeah. yeah you, you have you have your hardcore fan. He's watching all 15 innings.
0: and He's in a bad
1: mood. Yeah. And he's, he's in a and, bad mood. He knows his team is about to lose, but he just watched 15 innings of a cape. Like he's going like, to his
0: bobo doll in the corner and he's beating the crap out of that bobo doll.
1: <laughs> like like you Why can't your... we
0: be good?
1: <laughs> and like, why can't we score? Why can't we score too? Like, why can't we get a run-in, please? Like the man the say... man
0: sends his application into the team management <laughs> front office and he's like, take me. Take anyone, please.
1: please. Yeah. So
0: no, I I I mean Shrey, they 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 need to find a way to speed it up i think is both of our consensus at the end of this i like those new rules i think that what they experiment with again i don't know the extent of all the rules that they're trying out in the minor leagues Mm -hmm. but if they help the game pick up bring them in because really Mm -hmm. you know like i said the attention span of the average sports enthusiast or casual viewer is going down So you need to speed up the entire piece of the game to make it more relevant so that people will watch a live game and and you got to generate more hype around it. I do like the New Jersey thing that they've been doing in modeling the NBA's city edition jerseys. Mm. That's cool. Now now I might watch a little bit more of a game to see the New Jersey's in effect. Mm Mm-hmm right that that's a great thing to help increase marketing and increase a little bit more hype around your games. I think that's and a you got great a little
1: rollout, right? Like one team does it at this date and then the other team does it maybe a month later. So you're kind of waiting right.
0: and sense. right, super cool, but I sit down to watch the game with their new jerseys, and it's still four hours, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it, like well, big, like we're we're at the yeah. same spot, yeah, yeah. next section is another edition of amateur hours gauntlet this time we are going to be talking about the small forwards of the nba Mm. so this week on the gauntlet okay this one was difficult for me to make because i thought about it i don't know who i would cut just for those of you just joining us the gauntlet is very similar to other forms of start bench cut but in the amateur hour version we have four players Treyas will give his golden egg to one of them. So they, this is his top player out of this position. He will bench two of them, and he will send one of them to work at Home Depot, never to touch a basketball ever again. You see... No, it is. We, we, they're, they're not going to Lowe's. They're going to Home Depot. At least they got good smell. That's it.
1: That is true. We did talk about the good smell of Home Depot <laughs> last week. So I guess that's fair. All
0: okay, right. So This is always
1: very tough for me.
0: This that I stress. I don't know how you're gonna do this one. I don't. I I don't know who you're gonna pick. Oh, okay. This week is small forwards. Now small forward has some of the best players in the league. It does at that position individually. So we have the start: Kevin Durant, okay, LeBron James, Kawhi okay. Leonard, okay, and Jimmy Butler. Okay, that's it. Those are your small forwards. Who is getting? The golden egg and who's going to home depot okay
1: okay 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 so lebron lebron is getting my i don't know what i was thinking lebron is getting my start he's getting my golden egg okay and interesting yeah i don't i don't have to i don't have to explain it too much he can do <laughs> literally <laughs> he can do literally everything on the basketball court
0: okay and yes
1: he he's he's deserved the right to to be the best in the league and he may not get MVP every year because that, you know, can't go we to can't LeBron give it to even though, guy.
0: Yeah, They're not they even can't even give it to Giannis it, this year. Yeah.
1: Yeah, even though they gave it to Jordan six times in a eight year span. So Go. I don't know. Yeah, so like, you know what I mean? Like LeBron, LeBron's just that dude. LeBron's and LeBron
0: so, is goaded. Yeah. We
1: okay, yeah. great. All right. So LeBron's who, that dude. Who's going on your bench? Okay. So is getting my one of my spots. And KD is one of the best scorers of all time. Uh, his position uh, any position his past seven, one. yeah yeah his like seven oh, six foot 11, sorry. six eleven seven, seven foot he can shoot has unlimited range his pull up mid-range pull up three is huh. lethal has been lethal in the finals at the biggest, at the highest level so other than that I think and also in the past I'd say six, seven years that he's been in the league, he's, you know, become a way better defensive player and he's taken it upon himself to to be a, a facilitator. So now if you look at how he controls the game, he doesn't have to just score. He's he's becoming a better passer. He can block shots and and take it to the rim more than he usually does too um in the past I'd say six, seven years. So KD, you know almost to that Goaded range. He's on the, he's getting close to the cusp of it. And uh, he's got to be in my, he's got to be on my bench as my first spot. Now, this, this right
0: here Mm. is, I mean, yeah. A lot of people, a lot of, I'm going to interrupt you and and just, I don't, I don't want this to influence your decision, but a lot of people off the bat are going to say, oh, Jimmy Butler, we're going to cut him. He's going to go to Home Depot. Right. But I want to say. uh, that man is it has become he he's one of the most slept on and and underappreciated players in the NBA. He is a workhorse, he is a dog, he is a defensive monster and he mm. is basically a triple double. He mm. can do he can do everything and that man will hustle. He made it to the finals last year with a with a fourth seed.
1: Yeah. What
0: you know? In, I mean in a tough
1: in a tough situation in the bubble too. So Yeah. Yeah. So this is tough because Jimmy Butler is one of those players that I have really grown a liking to in the past couple of years because even though he hasn't, in a sense, won, it, it, it shouldn't be an indictment on him because the way he plays, he plays as if he knows that he could win with any team. And he everywhere he's gone... The team has been competitive, if not been close to a champion. You talk about the Bulls, he he went from a defensive player to this offensive juggernaut. Or not not juggernaut, but like he went to he went into he was an offensive liability in the beginning of his career. And he he went into a 20-point per game score. He was a tough out with those teams with that team with Rondo and D-Wade and then he went to Minnesota and out of nowhere, Minnesota had him made a playoff in like at the time, like 14 years or something. Oof. And he brought him to the he brought him to the first round, right? Then he goes to Miami. And then he goes to the Sixers. Sorry. Then he goes to the Sixers. And he takes a team that was kind of felt like Middling in a sense with the Seventy ers
0: trust the process.
1: Yeah, the 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 Embiid conversation and the Simmons conversation are: it's can are they compatible? You know, Brett Brown, what is he doing? Can these guys work together? Is this just going to be a four or five seed every year? And he made them almost, you know, beat that Raptors team if not for Kawhi's quadruple doink shot. And so it's like one of those guys that he may not, he may get the the worse end of the stick in these conversations but it's not for a fact of he is not the best player on the team basically at any time and so that's what makes us tough that's that's like a, i know that was very long-winded but that was, that's what makes us Kawhi versus jimmy butler tough
0: but right, so who are you gonna pick who are you gonna pick you gotta pick somebody who are you gonna pick
1: <laughs> okay i know i talked all about <laughs> I, know I talked a lot about Jimmy Butler, but I've got to have to pick Kawhi. Yeah, the reason I picked Kawhi is I know a, a big, a big indictment of him was that last, the bubble season when they got pantsed in the last three games with the Nuggets and just, just kind of imploded. But I look at Kawhi as a leader and a silent leader in a sense. And it's one of those things where like, I wish if Tatum and Brown were going to be these kind of silent leaders and show how they play the game rather than talk about it. And then they say like, oh, I'm very, you know, mellowed out and I don't really, you know, have to yell. And I, like, Kawhi is the quintessential of that type. Kawhi puts, if you look at, I just look at that Toronto run and that was a team I didn't think would ever be as good as they were. When Kawhi first got traded, I was like, I was like, Oh man, like this dude is really just gonna quit on this team and then leave. Like, that's what I thought. Oh, Cause like he was yeah, pissed rough. about leaving, Run. he was pissed about San Antonio. And then he's gonna come to Toronto, take it out on them. And then the they're, of they're yeah. like
0: he was goaded. Yeah, he gave everything. Kawhi is a workhorse and yeah. he works. I mean, I, I hear about how he practices and he just does the same move for like 30 minutes. Mm. And he will just get it down. He will just get it in his body. So the next time that he does it, he is, I, I mean, he's a killer. He's, he is a killer. Yeah. When he needs to get a job done, he gets a job done. I mean, yeah. Some of the biggest hands in the NBA, but his dunks, I mean, he, there was a poster he had the other day on a uh, DeAndre, And he's had so many posters where he just, he grabs a ball in one hand, puts it up over everybody. And then just ruins their day. And yes, you're right. He came to Toronto. I don't think anybody was expecting a chip. But when him and Siakam and Danny Green and Lowry and Van Vliet and everybody was meshing, that was some of my favorite basketball to watch. That was I hopped on the bandwagon hard in the middle of the season for the Raptors.
1: Dude, think about think about this. He brought that team to an NBA Finals and he and he won. Right? That team has not changed since. Roughly, that team is now an eleven seed. Like last I year. Oh, just take last year. They were they were very similar. The they had
0: they still had yeah. Serge Ibaka. They were, yep. you know, yeah, a very similar team. Yeah. And they were, oh no, they were two seed last year.
1: They were two seed with a the, with the healthy Lowry and, but like, it's one of these things that like, you didn't see it right away what Kawhi meant to that team until you got to this year and you realize a lot hadn't really changed, but the team had a significant drop off. And what would Kawhi have looked like had he had stayed from last year and this year?
0: Repeat if it was the same if it was the same team. Uh not maybe not because statistically that's very difficult, but it probably would have been
1: it would they would have gotten, I gotten to the been Raptors.
0: Easy. Yeah, they would have gotten to the finals.
1: Winning isn't everything, but a person that <laughs> needed to do so much for them to win and then actually did win. Like that, like that has to be like the upper echelon of the upper echelon, and Jimmy Butler is almost there. He shows that he has what it takes to win, and he knows that he can be the driving force for a winning team. Now it's just the a little bit of luck and a little bit of, you know, things just have to go right, and he gets there.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree, Kawhi, with
1: that. and and I think and I think having had that already been said for Kawhi just put some. Above Jimmy Butler at this point, right at this okay. point. Okay. So, okay. Okay. So
0: Jimmy Butler's going to Home Depot, <laughs> and that's all we have to say. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. he's gone. I'll, I'll take his he's spot. He's out. I'll, no, no, he's I'll, done. I'll, no, nope. No, Shreya, he's gone. Goodbye. You just, you just left a walking, walking triple double. Go help people with plywood and primer. No,
1: let all, Yeah. Can they all play? No. I'll take this.
0: Stew in this. Stew in this. This. this pain. Oh. All right. Now, before we get going, we have to do it. <laughs> Shreyes is going to take us home. Oh, actually, before that, congratulations to UMass Hockey for winning a national championship. What UMass a game. is goaded. What a game. Good for them. That's it. That's all I want to say. All right. Power through the fact of the week. Take us home. It's time for Shreyes' Fact of the Week. <laughs>
1: So Max, my fact of the week is yes. uh, kinda kinda hilarious. I actually didn't know this happened until I searched it up. Just to make sure too. Napoleon Bonaparte, right? The the famous French French, French military French and yes. French general and leader. He so he signed a treaty that ended the war between the French Empire and Imperial Russia in eighteen oh seven. And they were looking for ways to celebrate his his people, right, his his government and everyone, everyone underneath them, they were looking for ways to celebrate. So they thought, why don't we do a rabbit hunt? And we'll just, you know, gather a bunch of rabbits, you know, set them free, and you know, we can, you know, go to town on them. That's what they did. So the chief, his chief of staff, to arrange kind of this outdoor thing, you know, a little bit of a like a banquet type of thing, and they collected a bunch of rabbits. It's close to around three thousand, is what I see, and. Wow. He c- They caged them all, and then they went to, like, this field, and they released them. The rabbits didn't run away. They did, because the rabbits looked to attack. What? So the rabbits actually started running towards Napoleon and, like, all his men. And now there's three thousand rabbits on like the prowl, like <laughs> making, making Napoleon and all his, all his, I like, guess, compadres and cabinet people under him, like run, <laughs> not really for their life because it's bunnies, but like they were like, oh, this is like kind of turned on us. Wow. They were looking for a way to celebrate, and it was like when bunnies attacked. And
0: why didn't they just shoot them right there?
1: <laughs> well, I mean, there three three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like one of those things where it's like, would you rather fight 100... a, a, a
0: bear-sized duck or a duck-sized bear?
1: Yeah, well, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, or like, th- or or like three thousand,
0: three thousand rats or a grizzly bear? Yeah,
1: right. It's like one of those things. It's like you, you're always like, yeah, I can fight the, I can fight the the three thousand rats because it's like it's a thousand
0: rat, rats. But it's three. I would not fight. A, I would not fight a grizzly bear. A grizzly mm-hmm. bear will ruin your day. You're dead. Literally (laughs) one swipe and you're done.
1: It's just only your day.
0: Only your day. Yeah. And your face and your spine. And it'll leave you alive when when bunnies attack.
1: When bunnies attack.
0: (laughs) All righty. Well, you have been listening to another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Treyas. And we will see you next time.
1: Peace.